So it is our summer refresh podcast, uh, even though it's not quite the summer, but this is what we do. Leading up to the summer, we have little bonus drops and I'm very happily joined by someone who I want to put this in the nicest possible way because I've been nagging Kathy, who I'm going to speak to in just a second, for the best part of about nine months to have a conversation with me and she's finally given in. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your time. Just to give people a little bit of background, so Kathy is the CEO of a charity based in Scotland. It's Dyslexic Scotland, which is basically a charity which has been around for many moons to empower people with dyslexia to reach their full potential. Now, am I right in saying, Cathy, that you've been the CEO for the best part of 15 years? Is that correct? That's right, yeah. I started in 2007. Going back to 2007, to where we are now, Cathy, within sort of side those 15 years, give or take, how much has the charity changed from that original vision back in the day to where you are now? Well, a lot has happened in that time. I mean, the actual charity as it is now was launched in 2004, but that was really following from a merger of two charities in Scotland at the time. Originally, there have been parent support groups in Scotland uh, working under dyslexia in Scotland since 1968. So huge amount. We go back a long way. Things have changed a huge amount since then. And when I started in 2007, there were three members of staff There are now seven, so we're still not a big organisation, but many people say that they think our organisation punches above its weight. We are able to do that with the help of a huge amount, around about 200 volunteers who help us at a national level in Scotland, but also through our network of volunteer-led branches and adult networks. So there's a huge amount that is done by by those volunteers, as well as by our president, uh, Sir Jackie Stewart, our vice presidents and our amazing ambassadors and young ambassadors. So the reach is really extended with the help of the incredible volunteers who work with us. And it is worth saying, because from a personal point of view, as you know, Cathy, I said to you that I was sort of encouraged to do the odd dyslexia test from my employer and subsequently it's come out that I am dyslexic and it's something which I am very happily owning and not ashamed of and in many ways it's given me a few reasons to why certain things weren't quite right in my brain sometimes and stumbling across your website it's a great website to look at there are things even when I was looking to prep this interview things like help with driving because I am 39 this year and I don't drive now I'm not saying it's because I've only just found out I'm dyslexic and that's the reason there's many a reason to it but there's a lot of help you can get with driving there's a real step-by-step guide if it's exam help if it's looking at a career if it's how employers can assist there's a lot going on in the charity and obviously that does filter out into into what people can access online but it is very easy to navigate and particularly Cathy do you want to sort of give us a bit of an overview of the charity and the help it provides? Yeah of course thank you and I'm really pleased you found the the information on our website helpful. It's great. It's always good to hear so thank you. We're based in Stirling and we have uh, as I say this network of of volunteer-led branches who work locally. Our overall aim as you've said is about enabling people to reach uh, reach their potential in education, employment and in life. And we do this by working not only with dyslexic people of all ages, because as you know, dyslexia is lifelong and it's right across all sectors, it affects one in 10 people, a lot of people who, who are affected by dyslexia. 
but we don't only work with people with dyslexia, we also work with those who support, employ or work with dyslexic people. So whilst we provide direct services, so our key aim is to provide high quality services to help those people, and I'll tell you a little bit about those services in a minute, but we also have our second aim is about influencing change. So that's about making people aware, policymakers, service providers, employers, teachers, etc., making them aware of what dyslexia is and also how you can actually help support people who have dyslexia. So that influencing change is a really important part of what we do. Our third aim is about giving dyslexic people a voice. Dyslexia affects everyone differently. So having the voice of those people threaded throughout our work is really, really important. So we encourage people to share their stories of dyslexia in a whole range of different ways throughout our work, throughout our website, through videos, etc. on our Dyslexia Scotland TV channel, as well as in conferences and in our magazine and so on. And our fourth aim is really about ensuring that we are sustainable and efficient as an organisation in order to deliver those aims. But in terms of the services, one of our key services is our helpline. So that's open to anyone. Um, So anyone who wants to know anything about dyslexia can call us. It ranges between 40 and 60% of the callers are parents, around about 40% are adults, and the rest are employers and others who want to find out about dyslexia. The most common reason for people calling our helpline is to find out about assessment. What does that mean at whatever age you found out you were dyslexic later on? That's unfortunately quite common. And so as well as having information for teachers to make sure that early intervention of dyslexia happens to support people to be able to provide that support, we also do a lot with adults. Um, So there is, for example, you mentioned the kind of driving test. When you go onto our website, you'll see you can kind of click on the I am a, so that would be I am a young person, I'm an adult, I'm an educator, I'm an employer. So there's different sort of sections, um, so there's something within the website for everyone. Um, but there is something for adults called a post-assessment pack for adults, which is really, really helpful. It's basically if you are not sure whether you're dyslexic and don't know how to find out, or if you've just found out you are dyslexic, or if you've been dyslexic for a while but perhaps you're circumstances have changed and your need to find out more about dyslexia has changed which does happen at different transitions in life then this pack is really really helpful it will take people through a whole range of different videos uh, information about what to do at different points so the driving test is a really good example um, but also where to go for support so meet other people who are dyslexic listen to talks and really just kind of use that as a support network and the branches that we have are uh, provide a similar service, which mainly for parents, but it's really about anyone who's finding out about what dyslexia is and how to navigate that in their journey or in their child's journey. A lot of people with dyslexia have not ever been called a creative genius, but I know sometimes my ideas are very creative and, you know, sometimes touch on genius. And it is that sort of creative trait of anyone who's dyslexic. There's a whole host, and again, you can access this online. There's a load of people who are out there, a long list here. Kira Knightley, Tom Cruise, Holly Willoughby, Sir Richard Branson, other people who you wouldn't really associate with it, but Albert Einstein, Stephen Hawking, Leonardo da Vinci, Picasso, some of the greatest minds in history. History have been dyslexic. One of the things which I've sort of been told and is 
embraced really with services like your website and wider services across the globe and people's individual dyslexic stories is the fact that it gives someone who has dyslexia it actually can give them almost a different view an outside point of view looking in and it can problem solve and it can make something unfixable without actually someone going how the hell have you reached that conclusion i don't really know but if you try this this might work it's really interesting just to hear other stories and you kind of for me discovering it at a later age but has not been afraid to actually say do you know what Johnny you might actually maybe need a little bit of help here or have you considered this and when you have someone else actually saying it and putting it to you or you read stories or you see these people and you go do you know what yeah they are very good at their craft and it isn't anything to be ashamed of and I think that's the one thing which you can see is that it's something which there's no cure for but you've got to live with it. Absolutely and I think you know sort of promoting the strengths of dyslexia is such an important part of what we do. There are difficulties, uh, there can be difficulties which will vary from person to person but there are many different strategies and one of the key things is about really building on people's self-esteem, confidence and independence. The earlier someone finds out they're dyslexic the better and so at school you know if a young person is able to own that dyslexia and be able to speak about it with their teacher then they're much more able to say well actually this is what works for me and to be able to kind of use that throughout their learning but also to use that when they go into employment Um, and the strengths in knowing what someone's individual strengths are can be a really good way of actually kind of helping them to identify what the strategies might be that they can use. So many people say, you know, that they're very good verbally, very able to express themselves verbally, but they may not be able to translate that on paper. Nowadays, there's just so much you can do with assistive technology, things like this, podcast videos. Uh, it's so much easier to share information and to go on YouTube and to find out something through a video. There is so much information out there, but that can be quite overwhelming as well. (laughs) One of the things that we try and do, there's a a, a range of different two-page leaflets on our website, cover things like study skills, employment, self-esteem, famous people with dyslexia, um, reading, writing and spelling, but also some of the kind of other associated kind of difficulties with dyslexia which which people may not know about. Um, such as working memory or organisation and so on. So there's a lot of information in those leaflets on our website which hopefully are kind of easy to access. For me being, you know, in high school, leaving in the year 2000, obviously going through primary school in, you know, early to mid-1990s, things have changed. Would you say, Cathy, that resources, technology and people's attitudes have changed to, you know, even just to have parents who can go on a website and access it? That's something my mum couldn't have done someone from a parent or an employer the resources are out there and no one should be scared just to go "Mm, is it worth just checking this would you just encourage that because you've got nothing to lose absolutely i think it's we're in a much better position than we were sort of 10 years ago 20 years ago unfortunately you know there are still people who do struggle there are still people who leave school without knowing they're dyslexic the information that's out there to help people is more accessible so you know absolutely i think if anyone is concerned that their their child is dyslexic or that they are dyslexic there is plenty of information out there so people should not be struggling there shouldn't be a stigma in the workplace and increasingly we're hearing much more about diversity and neurodiversity and talking about different ways of learning and working and recognizing that everyone has got strengths and everyone will have things that they're less good at so it's it's really about playing to everyone's strengths within whatever environment they're in 
we've made huge strides. I wouldn't want to kind of underplay some of the difficulties that people do still feel. And we do know that there are people who do still feel afraid to talk about their dyslexia in the workplace, perhaps because they've had a bad experience in the past. They've maybe not felt able or ready to be able to disclose that to their employer. We do try and encourage people that if you do, it's much easier for employers to know and to work with you. I do think that that is changing, and that's one of the reasons why we have ambassadors and young ambassadors. Hearing someone else's story can give you the encouragement and the inspiration to be able to kind of talk about it yourself. And you hear fantastic stories of children in school now standing up in assembly to talk about their dyslexia. They're using things like Dyslexia Awareness Week. We have a blue ribbon, which is about encouraging people to wear it and to talk about their dyslexia. All of that, I think, makes it so much more empowering for people to be able to say, well, actually, this is what my dyslexia means to me. This is what you can do to help. It shouldn't be something that people feel ashamed of. But we also know that there's lots of parents and even grandparents who only find out that they're dyslexic when their own children or grandchildren are struggling in school. Well, this is a point as well, Cathy, isn't it? Because if one of your parents has, has got it, you're in effect 50% likely to have dyslexia. If both parents are dyslexic, then you're almost 100% guaranteed to have it moving forward. That is a statistic which is doing the rounds. I don't know how true that is because that's quite a a heavy statistic to almost be it's something which is passed on no matter what. Well, it, it is certainly hereditary. It can run in families in different ways, so it's not necessarily as kind of clear cut as that if you're, both parents have got it, you'll definitely have it. But it definitely yeah. is hereditary, and there. Have been- and all the all the Bransons have it, don't they? From Richard and his sisters, every single one of them is dyslexic. It's very common. It's very common for it to run in families, and it's very common for you know several people, so several siblings, to have dyslexia or to have co-occurring differences such as dyscalculia or dyspraxia. All of these things can be linked. Definitely the hereditary nature is something that uh, you know, studies and research are finding more and more about. And there was a study carried out by Edinburgh University last year which confirmed what we already knew, but that it is, mm. it is uh, hereditary. Many parents, if there is dyslexia in the family, they will often use that as a way of actually speaking to the teachers and saying, you know, we really want this to be identified as soon as possible because we're pretty sure that dyslexia is, is likely. I think keeping that in mind, you know, if any information that parents might want to access, you know, anyone who's developing that information should be aware that the parents may also be dyslexic. So accessibility of information is something that is it's just so important for everyone. For example, we did a, a campaign um, together with an organisation called Inocean Berlin called Nothing Comic About Dyslexia. That was really challenging the design sector to think about how they develop information and to make sure that it's accessible. And of course, the Comic Sans font, which is hated <laughs> in the design sector, was something that was used as a, a very good uh, talking point to try and encourage designers to actually say, well, actually... We might not like it, but it's really good for for dyslexia. So let's try and think about the way that we design information. 
Yeah, and I think that's also as well something which I'm very stuck in my ways. And I know from my heritage of working in radio that the more I will look over something or the more I practice it, if I'm in front of a microphone, I know the point. I might stutter a little bit here and there to get there, but that's just a part of presenting. But I know I can get from A to B and with a format I can trust, then I know it's mine and I can own it. If I go slightly off that, I'm a little bit like, whoa, this is not quite for me. Let me just get it into my head. And I think that's the key issue, isn't it? Like, is to not be afraid to talk about it to discuss it as a parent as a pupil you know this did fascinate me yesterday mm-hmm. so this is just one example of what is online this is just one which stuck out to me but if you are learning to drive you might have a lower concentration and focus you might find road signs a little bit confusing difficulty chatting with a passenger i think i'll be okay with that one i won't lie um, short-term memory difficulties directional difficulties left or right is a very common one slower processing which is something i take time to process i have to go okay it's in there and i never knew but if you are dyslexic you're entitled to extra allowances during the theory and practical tests and that you know a little bit of information which i got from your website so and even that opening exchange email to you going do you know what this is something new to me and i would like to share this story i now feel like i can share a story knowing that i can actually put I'd hate to say put a label on it, but I know something where I can go, do you know what? This is this is something which is a part of me. I know I'm okay with it. Everyone else who I know is okay with it. The support you have from my wife and opening up to my parents about it and friends have all gone, oh yeah, I, yeah, are you okay with that? It, the, the change in 12 months has been phenomenal. No one else would really notice it, but if you are dyslexic, it's something that you... For me, you should be proud about. And if you are proud of it, it gives everyone else the chance to be empowered, doesn't it, around you? Absolutely, yeah. And it's and it's, it's so good. You know, we often do say to people, it is like a journey. You know, you've talked about the kind of journey for you over the last 12 months. And, you know, I think there is that. It can be quite a shock for some people to find out they're dyslexic. And, you know, it can take time to process that in terms of, you know, what does that mean to me? Some people feel angry that they haven't found out they were dyslexic earlier on. Other people are in denial, say, well, it doesn't make any difference to me. And so, you know, I think that whole kind of process, we quite often have people coming to our adult networks, for example, who are really kind of struggling with how to deal with it. Learning what it means for you is so empowering. And just gradually, as you say, because usually when you start to talk to people about it, it's less of a big thing for others than it is for you. You can really feel your own confidence, as you've said, just really, really kind of growing as you learn more. You know, I hadn't realised this was part of my dyslexia, but actually it does, and now I know I can actually find ways of actually getting around that, and dyslexic people are extremely good at finding the way around because, you know, they do they do think differently. So, you know, I think, I think that's really important. And, you know, think the practical advice that is out there for help, knowing about that. There's also something, there's access to work, which means that you can get support in the workplace. All of these things, I think, are really, really important. You can get help with your study, the students, and just the earlier that people know about these things, the better, because they can then get that put in place before they actually start. We do get calls to our helpline from employees who may have hit some kind of difficulty at work, a transition, it could be a promotion, it could be a change in line manager, be a change in using a particular system, and all of that could throw someone. If your line manager doesn't know you're dyslexic, some of the struggles that you're showing 
can be misinterpreted. So, you know, I think it's about that open communication with, with employers at the right time can really make a difference because often there's very, very simple, low-cost support out there well, this is it because, you know, ultimately, if you talk about it and you actually say, do you know what, boss, this is something which I think I have or this is something I've not disclosed to you, that actually the other side of the situation from the boss looking into it or a colleague are going to be like, oh, OK, well, that kind of makes sense now. I'm not like I'm not frustrated, you know, because there's times where you will just do it and it's like, oh, they really annoy me because they do that. And actually, if you know why you go, OK, fair enough. And you can often stop the problem long before it becomes an issue. That's what I seem to think as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely um, right there. And it is about communicating that. And, you know, so everyone's aware in the same way that you would share other things that you are good or, or bad about or need support with. So um, absolutely. The helpline, and this is all available on the, the website, the helpline for Dyslexic Scotland is 0344 800 8484. The website is dyslexiascotland.org.uk. And if you obviously search it on any of the social medias, if you search Dyslexic Scotland, you will find Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, all doing the rounds. Just looking ahead then, what else is you know happening for for the charity. I know you do Dyslexic Fest as well. Is that not long taken place? Um, yes, yes, absolutely. We had our Dyslexic Fest a couple of weeks ago and we're already planning another one in, in November. It covers everything. Um, you know, we, had, we had lots of families at that event and we also had adults and, and you know lots of people who were just dropping in who were in, interested to find out more about dyslexia. So we had a number of different displays, stands from assistive technology companies, but also our young ambassadors are addressing Dyslexia Toolkit, which is our website for teachers and a whole range of other information we had from the student awards agency who gives the disabled student allowance but we also had quite a lot of talks so we had a, an adult masterclass someone talking about creative dyslexia and support you can get in university and in college a whole range of different information i'm sure there'll be other speakers as well at the november event just lovely to see a whole range of people from all ages all backgrounds coming in to either ask or share their experiences about dyslexia but in terms of where we want to be in 15 years um, at the moment we're working towards becoming a dyslexia friendly Scotland and we recognize that as a small organization at the moment we can't do all of that on our own so we have a change makers program and that is about asking anyone who is making changes to help dyslexic people to log that on our website to tell us about it and there's a link if you type in changemaker on, on our website you'll get that so for example this podcast is a great example of you being a changemaker so we're really trying to gather stories from individuals organizations and sectors what they're doing to contribute to dyslexia to scotland becoming a dyslexia friendly place it's about trying to actually work with people at all levels to actually achieve that um, so we've got a long way to go but there are some fantastic success stories along the way and that that's what we'll continue to do Kathy by being a change maker which is something which again you know I will make sure I've made a note of it as you were mentioning it then will that help for the government support and to make people because I know Matt Hancock whatever you think about that guy he's dyslexic and he has sort of tried to raise the bar a little bit with that if 
people are logging it from a company-wide point of view or being diagnosed at an older age or whatever that may be, will that all kind of ultimately tick a box to go towards that vision of having a dyslexia-friendly Scotland? It's so that we can get a better picture of what is already happening out there. Many people who are doing a lot in their own areas or in their own communities that we don't necessarily know about. So it's making those connections that will help us to build up a picture to try and influence government even more. The bill you're talking about that Matt Hancock was supporting is in Westminster. The principles within that bill are about early identification, you know, good teacher training and good support in schools, and we would absolutely support those principles. We'll be working on later this year and launching later in the year a very large-scale kind of baseline study to see where we're at at the moment, uh, and that will also help to influence governments of future governments um, so that we can say this is where we are this is where we want to get to we don't want in the future any child or adult to be not doing as well at school uh, not being able to reach their potential at work as a result of their dyslexia so you know there's no reason in the 21st century why anyone with dyslexia should not be able to reach their potential and not access the support they need to be able to reach that potential um, well, let's hope you get there, or we get there, you know, because I can say we in this Absolutely. in this in this instance. <laughs> um, you can watch it from your retirement. Uh, there you yeah, go, Kathy. You can let someone else Absolutely. deal with it then. Exactly. Yeah. Just go. I started yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kathy, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, and you know, of course, it's been an absolute pleasure from my point of view to use this podcast as just a small voice. Yeah. I know you have your own podcast, like I said. There's videos this resources check out the website if you are listening to this now and you think do you know what that might help this particular person i know be it a friend or a family member or indeed yourself like i said definitely check out dyslexiascotland.org.uk i have to google it because if you are dyslexic spelling the word dyslexic is not the easiest uh, so i don't know who was doing that back in the day for a bit of a laugh but um, <laughs> you can access it quite easily <laughs> google will get you there quite easily so it's well worth checking out for any age uh, the resources the stories the help and advice are, are fully there and uh, and kathy i wish you all the best for the next couple of years from a personal point point of view your website has genuinely helped me and i'm be forever grateful for that i really mean that thank you so much <laughs> thank you summer refreshed